All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Tuesday, November 7th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. He's former NHL player and my friend, Colby Cohen. Colby, how you doing? And your former teammate, Frank. You yeah, always forget to add that in there. Yeah, I know. You did most play people, hockey. Most people wouldn't believe that. But uh, Daily Faceoff Live today is presented by our friends at Batano.ca. The game starts now at Batano. 19 plus, please play responsibly. All the action you can get your hands on little NBA action on this Tuesday night. If you want it, I saw someone hammer the Matthias Eckholm first goal of the game for a pretty decent price on Monday evening. But Colby, let's, uh, let's start there with the Edmonton Oilers who absolutely self-destructed in Vancouver about as perfect a start as you could possibly imagine out shooting the Canucks 19 to two. And then Vancouver gets the first, their first goal and the wheels fall off. What happened? Yeah. I stayed up late for this one, Frank, and I got to tell you, disappointed to see this effort and to see the Oilers become so unraveled so easily. They are so fragile right now, Frank, and that tells me that all this negativity is getting to the dressing room. I mean, the habits, Frank, are really bad on the ice right now okay, for so that let's, Edmonton Oilers team. Let's talk about those habits because – you watched and broke down that second goal scored by the Canucks that really almost, it kind of felt like even the first one went in and you could see the Oilers sagging to fleet less than two minutes later. The second one is behind Stuart Skinner and in the back of their net. What did you see? Break down the clip for us. 
Yeah, and it's always shift after a goal, Frank. And just start with looking at the time. I mean, 6.55, the Oilers dump the puck. It's a bad dump. You've got to take pride in where you dump the puck. You can't just give it back to the other team. But okay, you're in a set breakout. 6.45 on the clock, you're okay. But then all of a sudden, one pass, and look at all that space in the neutral zone. Then you've got Kulak and Fogel duplicating down the wall. They're puck-watching. And Pew Suter is just wide open in the slot. How do you as an NHL team go from perfect set breakout position to that? It's unacceptable. You've got Holloway and Dreisaitl all the way up the ice. Ian Cole is behind the net at a dead stop. You should never give up a goal on a play like that. But the Oilers go for a change. The defensemen never gap up. Kulak's gap was awful throughout that clip absolutely awful these are nhl defensemen making millions of dollars and then to duplicate down the wall like that frank you coach your son's nine and ten year old team that's the kind of stuff you see when you're coaching nine and ten year olds not nhl players and when you start to really dissect that clip and you see the bad habits up and down the ice the lack of accountability for these players to defend hard to defend spaces to change hard to gap up, uh, to dump the puck well. Bruce Cassidy used to harp on our teams in Providence and Boston to dump the puck well. You're not just giving the puck up. You're putting it to an area so you can recover it. This does not smell good for Todd Woodcroft, for Jay Woodcroft, sorry. (laughs) So, Colby, so let's say you have all these breakdowns, okay? And the defensive zone coverage, as you pointed out in the clip, is soft. Wouldn't you just expect a stop from your goalie at that point like why can't the oilers just get a stop as their league worst save percentage goaltending continues with Stuart skinner allowing six to the canucks listen i've i've i said it on tyler's show last week i know i pissed a lot of people off but constantly goaltending is a problem it's deflating when you're sitting on the bench and a soft one goes in it's very deflating but on that goal yeah it's soft he should ha- have that save but again you're putting a guy in suitor you're giving him basically a free play to the net. I mean, the time and space that Suter was given there to walk into the slot, pick his spot. Yeah, again, it doesn't go bar down. He doesn't deke around him. So you want to see Skinner make that save. But again, to me, that's just as much on Fogel and Kulak and not having good gaps in the neutral zone and giving Vancouver all that space. And again, that's not the first line. We're not talking about Pedersen, and we're not talking about Hughes making that play. That starts with Ian Cole behind the net. Pew Suter's the goal scorer. You know, there's plenty of blame to go around here on that goal in particular. Yeah, they're not getting good goaltending. And and Woodcroft said as much after the game. There's ones that they would like to have back, and, and it's very deflating. But breakdowns, Frank one after another, not managing the puck, not defending hard, not gapping up. These are not concepts that are, you know, hard concepts. These are basic concepts. Yeah. And I think that's fair. Also, I think it's fair to expect at some point that when you make these mistakes, that at some point your goalie will bail you out. Connor McDavid said over the weekend, it feels like death by a thousand cuts. Every single mistake the Oilers make ends up in the back of their own net. So let's talk about a situation as this team continued to unravel throughout the game. You see Connor McDavid get in the face of JT Miller. You see frustration all over the ice. The body language was poor from the Oilers who now sit at two, eight and one. And 
maybe a welcome treat against the San Jose Sharks coming up. Uh, but you see Jay Woodcroft also lose his cool behind the bench. So I'm going to ask you, fair or foul, Jay Woodcroft becomes the second coach ejected in a week. Greg Cronin previously uh, in Pittsburgh with the Anaheim Ducks. And you see him exiting the ice here. This was really odd to me because it's a play, you know, the puck's coming up ice. All of a sudden you see the game blown dead and bench minor followed by a game misconduct. Yes. NHL coaches and GMs, Colby, were warned before the season started at a meeting in Chicago saying, hey, you embarrass the officials. You're going to be fined. You're going to be tossed from the game. Fair or foul? I say it's foul. Uh, if you are, let's just take a quick listen to Jay Woodcroft after the game. I asked uh, about the play on Holloway. Um, and, you know, it, it wasn't uh, not profanity-laced or anything like that. It was a question. Uh, it wasn't well-received when I asked the question. And in the end, i got to be better. I can't take a penalty uh, to put our team down. Um, but it, I didn't think it crossed the line at all. But it was sometimes the way you send a message or, or ask a question, the way it's received might be um, not in the manner you intended to. And in the end, um, you know, I, the reason I asked that question, I thought it was similar to the penalty that McDavid um, took uh, to go down four and three. So I thought it was a fair question. He didn't. And um, in the end, I got to be better. Look, I, I'm all for Colby. If you're going to, you know, during a stoppage in play, berate the official, hands gesturing everywhere, profanity, whatever it is that you're throwing at him. Okay, fine. Make an example of him and toss him out of the game. But during play, without profanity, as you have someone skating up the ice, is that rabbit ears? Am I? I think it's. I think this is foul. I agree. I do. I. I think if if we're taking Woodcroft at his word, which I don't see why we wouldn't, because obviously you know there's there's always microphones and cameras around, so it's it's hard to kind of get away with stuff like that. Now, if you're not swearing at the official, you should not be tossed out of the game like that. I think that that's quite ridiculous. I think referees. Referees talk shit to players all the time. They say stuff back to coaches all the time. So it is a little bit of a two-way street. Usually getting in an official's face and swearing is where you cross the line and see a guy get thrown out. But to me, I, I don't like seeing this. I don't like the precedent for this. Um, I think that uh, they need to have a little bit of a thicker skin. We'll also get to later in the show uh, the really exciting uh Leafs and Lightning game we'll have Eric Erlinson joining us from lightninginsider.com shortly but wanted to look ahead Colby to tonight's game uh with the Buffalo Sabres because Matthew Savoy is making his NHL debut this is a highly touted prospect ninth overall in 2022 picked by the Sabres he had a six game conditioning stint uh loan in Rochester in which he put up nearly a point per game and as he makes his debut uh, what are you most looking forward to for a guy that this Buffalo team, Colby, after starting two and four, has really turned things around? They've gotten back to level ground at six and six and seem to be kind of taking off and heading in the right direction. Well, look, he had 38 goals last year in the WHL, right? So we'll just call it an even 40, which is pretty impressive. And, you know, I look at these types of players, these, these guys who maybe aren't ready to play in the NHL, but they're probably too good to play in junior, Frank. So it'll be interesting to see how he does at the NHL level. And if Buffalo feels that there's a fit for him in the NHL the rest of the year, of course, once he goes past 10 games, they burn that first year of rookie eligibility. 
Personally, I think that rule needs to change. I think every team should be awarded two waivers for prospects that are too good to be playing junior hockey at the age of 19, but they're not quite ready for the NHL. I think if we're truly serious about developing players the right way and homegrown players in the NHL, I think that would be much better for players' developments and guys like Savoy. Couldn't agree more. I've been saying forever, I think, even just having one exemption from that rule to put one player in the AHL, if you feel like that's the best fit. Obviously, there's players born in Europe that aren't subject to the same thing. It kind of makes the the rule stand out a little bit. And to college me. players. Yeah, and college players as well. But uh, college players, of course, uh, tend to just stay in the NCAA until they're ready, as they well should, which makes it an even more intriguing development path. I'm really excited to see uh, Matt Savoy make his debut tonight for the Sabres. I think if you're able to add one more, you know, young piece into an already promising group and he can pick up some of the slack offensively for this team, uh, not that there often is much, I don't know, becomes a really interesting yeah. spot, especially as we get closer to Patrick well, Kane making his decision, <laughs> man, you add uh, another player like Showtime into the mix. It would be uh, pretty impressive. I love how you throw in that little cane jab. And just one more point on Savoy. You know, you look at this guy. He got injured during the prospect challenge in training camp. So he doesn't, he doesn't get the full training camp. So it's very difficult then to go to the American League, which is a hard league, and put up a point a game. I mean, that is very impressive for a guy with very little to no pro experience. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see him do well and do well quickly at the NHL level. But I do think we should afford a little bit of patience with Savoy. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Uh, let's talk about the Boston Bruins who topped the Dallas Stars in Big D on Monday night. This was a matchup that didn't really receive a ton of attention for as well as both of these teams had started. Uh, all eyes were kind of fixed on the train wreck that is the Oilers. And then if you happen to glimpse at the Leafs and Lightning and what happened there, as mentioned, we'll get to Eric Erlinson in a second from Lightning Insider. But I thought this was an incredibly impressive showing by the Bruins uh, up to nothing in that game, able to hang on with a push from the Stars in the third. And some depth scoring from the bees as they get first NHL goals on a big night from Mason Lori and John Beecher. Pretty impressive stuff, Colby. Yeah. You know, look, I, I actually got to do Mason Lori's last game in the NCAA tournament uh, for Ohio state before he turned pro. And you could just see this kid oozing with ability, six foot five skates. Well, passes the puck. Well, I mean, an absolute gem of a draft pick by Don Sweeney in the second round by the Boston Bruins. And he's actually been better in the three NHL games he's played than he was in the American League and that he was at Ohio State towards the end of the season and in the NCAA tournament. So this is an example of a guy who's succeeding and better at the higher level because of the other plays around him. Now, quickly pivoting to John Beecher. This guy's had a story. It, it hasn't been an easy journey. He's a first-round pick from 2019. He spends a bunch of time in college, loses almost an entire season of college to a torn labrum in his shoulder, which is a major six, seven-month recovery, turns pro, makes the team right out of training camp, having a, a great training camp, You know, being a fourth-line, straight-line, up-and-down-the-ice type of player. Uh, look, 
when you're cap strapped, Frank, you need cheap labor and Beecher and Lori are both cheap labor. So uh, good to see those two youngsters getting their first goals. Again, the Boston Bruins continue to surprise us. Everybody thought this would be a down year for them. No Charlie McAvoy, no Matt Grizzlick. Uh, they've been without Lindholm at time. How about Kevin Shattenkirk, a, a good friend, a teammate of mine from Boston University? I'm rocking the sweatshirt today. Um, he's played really well for the Boston Bruins, playing up you know, 20, 22 minutes a night right now, filling in on that top power play. Looks re-energized, you know, coming from Anaheim over to Boston. He really has looked good. And and uh, give Montgomery credit, man. Those players are playing their asses off for him. They seem to want to go through a wall for him. So I expect the Bruins, with that strong goaltending tandem, <laughs> Edmonton Oilers, you should be calling the Boston Bruins about Linus Olmark. I think they're going to keep winning. I mean, they've shown no signs, especially in the regular season, that that's going to change. The best regular season team in NHL history has continued on almost a pretty similar trajectory this season, beating a team in Dallas that has quietly been excellent this season. And also some history as well. Mason Lowry, as we mentioned, uh, he's the first NHL player born in the state of Louisiana. Well, now he's the first NHL player to score a goal from the state of Louisiana, his dad, a former pro coach. So uh, fun little nugget with that as well. Let's talk uh, Tampa Bay Lightning now with our Lightning Insider from lightninginsider.com, Eric Erlinson. That's right. And our All 32 segment today is delivered by our friends at DoorDash. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. Don't worry about cooking dinner or running to the store. Let it all come to you with DoorDash. Dash that for the win. As mentioned, joined by Lightning Insider Eric Erlinson. Eric, a disappointing loss for the Bolts on Monday night in Toronto after holding a commanding 4-1 to lead in the first period. And we've been talking all show long about some goaltending issues around the league. The big topic on Monday was, when's Andre Vasilevsky going to come back? We finally got some insight from John Cooper. He said it'll be disappointing for him if it's in December and not November. But when you look at Jonas Johansson and the job that he's done to this point, it's mostly been pretty serviceable. Do you have any concerns with him over these last three games here? Four, four, and six goals against an eight, six, five save percentage. This is the most games he's ever played sort of in a row at the NHL level. What do you make of where his game's at right now? I think his game has been fine, to be honest. He's, um, you know, the, the goals against certainly look ugly, but it's it's not him. It's it's what's going on in front of him. You know, they're, they're kind of tweaking their defensive system this season. And then you look at situations, you know, look at the first uh, Austin Matthews goal last night. I mean, how do you let Austin Matthews sit wide open on, on the high slot without anybody near him? So you can tell there's still some confusion going on on, on assignments and everything like that. Even the even the overtime goal, I, I, two guys on one, you, that's a cardinal sin in overtime. You cannot do that. And uh, they just look like they're just not in sync and not on the same page and trying to figure this out. So yeah, the, the number of games has been high for Johansson. Uh, Matt Tompkins, the backup, has only started two games to this point. We'll see if Tompkins gets the start tonight in Montreal. But um, Johansson's been fine. It's it's the players in front of him. And, and last night was almost a microcosm of their season. Spurts of just dominant hockey. 
and then they just disappear. Like they just can't get out of their own end. Pucks are not getting past the blue line, you know, uh, as they're trying to clear and, and get their transition game going and they get caught in their own end and they, and they scramble to try and find the, the zone coverage. And that's, what's kind of really hurting this team right now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Eric, I want to ask you a little bit about Sergachev. And, and, you know, going back over the course of his time in Tampa Bay, you know, he's always had other guys in front of him, obviously Hedman, but there's been McDonough and there's been other players like, um, you know, Shattenkirk came in, was a righty who played at the point. Uh, now all of a sudden Sergachev's getting time on the first power play. We've seen that early on in the season. Sergachev's minutes are higher. He's really... Uh, getting that opportunity to show that he's not just Victor Hedman's wingman, but maybe he could be a true number one defenseman in the NHL. What have you seen from him this season? Do you feel like he's finally taking that step and growing into that role, or is it just too inconsistent for your liking? It almost feels like he's taken a little bit of a step back this year. Um, everything is there with Mikhail Sergachev's game, the offensive game, the physical game. That's something that really kind of blossomed over the past couple of years. He just, it's the decision-making. It's the decision-making that's kind of holding him back a little bit. Uh, you know, and you saw it on the overtime winning goal last night where, you know, he, he wasn't sure if he was supposed to stay uh, with Nylander or if he was supposed to peel off. And by the time he figured that out, it's a two on one and the, and the Leafs end up winning the game. So it's those type of decisions that's kind of hurting his game right now. And those are correctable, right? Those are, especially for a guy who has played as many games in the NHL as he has already, even at the age of, well, I think he's 25 now. Um, so he, he, he is taking on a bigger role. There's no doubt the big contract, you know, I always look at this too. When guys kind of hit that first home run contract, how do they handle it? Sometimes yeah, I saw Marty St. Louis go through this when he signed his first really big contract, he struggled. Brad Richards struggled on that first big money contract. And I, and I kind of get the sense that's where Sergachev is now, but there's just so much skill there that I think he'll figure it out, but it's just, he just has to be better with his puck decisions and his, his zone coverage. Everything else is, is there for, for Sergachev. 
Eric, I think whenever the Leafs and Lightning clash, the one big thing we're always looking for is where do these two teams stack up together in relation to one another in the Atlantic? And I guess you come away from a game like that that ended up being lopsided and then the Leafs control play for a while and it ends in overtime. And you see these two teams tied in the standings. You go, okay, that makes sense. But I, I wanted to ask about the sort of mantra. Look, John Cooper is he's a super sharp guy. He knows that all the microphones are in front of him whenever he comes to Toronto. <laughs> he had oh, yeah. a similar opportunity in Ottawa uh, before they even got there to kind of get out this message of, hey, don't forget about us. We're still relevant. Have you noticed, you know, different teams take on different sort of personalities as they get to varying points in their competitive cycle? Is that what the Lightning are kind of pushing now? And it's not an underdog, but it's like, hey, just to let you know, we're still here. With middle dog, would that kind of be a good phrase to kind of to put things? Because you're you're right. That a lot of uh, you know outside prognosticators and us in the media, a lot of times look at this team and go, ah, they're getting older. They've had a lot of hockey under their wing, and you know they're going to fall off a cliff. And and I think that John Cooper is using that to their advantage. He's going to try and put that little chip on their shoulder because this is still a competitive team. And I mean, you look at where they're at without Andre Vasilevsky. They've they've been able to kind of munch some points. They've let points get away. I mean, both games against the Leafs this year, they've had multi-goal leads and let them get away, end up losing in overtime. So they've, they've let some of those points get away from them or they'd be in a much better situation than they are right now. But I, I think that they are using that, you know, to their advantage because Steven Stamkos is 33. Victor Hedman will be 33 next month. Um, you know, but this is not an aging core at the same time. That's the one thing about this team. And Nikita Kucherov is 30. Andre Vasilevsky is 29 or 30. Braden Point's 28. Anthony Sorelli's 25. We mentioned Sergachevy's 25. Brandon Hagel's 24, 25. So they have a tier of core players, if you will, that are not all at the same level of their experience in games played and everything else. So I think with, you know, the Nick Pauls and, you know, you're bringing a guy like Luke Lindenning, who's got the experience and, you know, as a voice in the locker room, there are other elements that they're trying to bring in to keep this team competitive. And I, and I think they are a competitive team. Um, they're going to have to figure out their defensive situation because you can't continue to give up four or five goals a night and expect to make the playoffs. Uh, but I think they will. Uh, we This is not the first time we've kind of seen this from this Lightning team, even though the personnel is a little bit different this year that they take a little bit to kind of figure out what their team identity is. And as long as you're munching points while you're doing that, and I know the Atlantic is a lot more competitive this year, but as long as you're getting those points, I think this Lightning team will figure it out. And I think they'll still be one of the top three teams in the division by the time we get to April. Well, they're there right now. And something tells me if you had gotten to this point, 12 games in five, three and four without Andre Vasilevsky continuing, as you said, to pile up points, that they'd be pretty happy with that. Some of those defensive miscues, of course, will end up being covered up by one of the best in the game in Vasilevsky when he comes back. Thanks to Eric Erlinson for joining us today. You can find his great work at uh, lightninginsider.com. And this has been the All 32 delivered by DoorDash. Thanks, guys. All right, Colby, time for our inbox question of the day. Thanks to everyone who's been firing some stuff in on the chat on YouTube. And this one comes from Barra. He says, Quinton Byfield finally arriving has got me thinking, what's the status of Alex Turcott, former fifth overall pick that I haven't heard much about in recent years? Is he part of the Kings plans? 
It's interesting, Barra, that you asked that. I think there's a number of teams around the league that have kept a pretty close eye on Turcotte and his development, maybe seeing if he's one of those guys that uh, could be the odd man out in L.A. Colby, have you seen anything from Turcotte that might warrant uh, an exploration by teams? I mean, look, anytime a player has that fifth overall tag next to his name, there's always going to be exploration. But, you know, going back to his days at Wisconsin, where I did quite a number of his games and he was playing on a loaded team with Caulfield and Miller, um, you know, you name it. And I really was never overly impressed with him. I didn't see any one thing that really stood out to me. Did a lot of things okay and maybe a lot of things well. I didn't see blazing speed. I didn't see blazing offensive ability. I didn't see blazing uh, incredible hockey IQ or passing ability. So he's just a guy who has yet to put it together at the at the NHL level. Um, and I agree, you know, you just don't really hear much about him. Having said that, though, Frank, everybody develops at a different pace. But I would say that the rope is probably getting shorter and shorter for him as you start to transition from being a prospect to a suspect in a lot of different teams' eyes. Um, you know, that was the old joke when you were in the American League prospect, suspect, depth player. Mm-hmm. You don't want to start creeping into that suspect category. And I think Turcotte is probably starting to dip his toe into that area. Yeah, it's also tough when there's not really a ton of runway ahead of you. There's not open spots for you to jump in and grab because mm-hmm. the Kings are kind of locked and loaded at forward. But you were thinking maybe there's a chance after trading away basically their entire third line to Winnipeg, could he possibly find one of those spots yet to be the case? I wanted to ask you quickly, if you were Rick Tockett, would you have challenged the Leon Dreisaitl goal on Monday night? I was shocked that they didn't after Thatcher Demko was taken out. He didn't move. He was still kind of in the way. But if the goalie doesn't have the ability to make the save, isn't that the definition of goalie interference? I just don't think the juice is worth the squeeze on that play, Frank, because you really don't want to give McDavid and Dreisaitl another opportunity on the power play if you're wrong. I think it's one of those areas where, yeah, you probably could have maybe been successful, but you know, you, you're ahead in the game. They get a goal. You don't want to then put them on a power play if you are wrong and really give that momentum an opportunity to get going. And especially, no matter how bad the Oilers have been, they still have McDavid and they still have Dreisaitl. And Bouchard is a heck of a power play point defenseman. So I actually don't mind that Rick Tockett didn't throw the challenge flag there and then believed in his team that they could seal off the momentum and continue to get it done. And it worked out. Yeah, that's a good point. I never really think about the sort of what if part on the back end of it, because then you're you gift the team a goal. And then all of a sudden, like you said, you throw them on the power play. That could be a big momentum swing. I just, it looked to me like textbook goalie interference goalie gets taken out, can't make (laughs) his way back to the net. Like to me, it seemed cut and dry. And by the way, I checked in with the NHL last night to understand. And they said the Canucks would have been well within their right to challenge. Not something that we see all, all that often. The other thing, Frank, and I think we've come to learn this over the years, the more cut and dry, we may think it is. (laughs) It usually goes the other way, and I think coaches are well aware of that on the bench. I think yep. Rick Tockett is a well of, well aware of the odds uh, on those situations, and I think uh, ultimately I liked the the decision not to do it. Sometimes better to not find out the hard way. Uh, let's get to our Batano Daily Bets, which are brought to you by Batano.ca. 19 plus, please play responsibly. I got two plays today standing in for my guy, Tyler Remchuk. 
I am going to take the Colorado Avalanche on the puck line tonight at home against the New Jersey Devils. The Devils, of course, without Hughes and Heischer. That's a big blow to their depth, uh, especially down the middle. And Colorado coming off of that 7 nothing drubbing by the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday night. I kind of feel like Colorado is going to bounce back here. You're thinking Colorado win by one, hope to get an empty net as everyone playing the puck line usually is praying for. And I'm going to go with the Flyers and Sharks over six and a half goals. I know. Until the Sharks don't give up 10 in a game, I'm taking the over every time. (laughs) Carter Hart still out for the Flyers. Uh, This seems like the perfect play. I don't know why anyone wouldn't be hopping in on this uh, with these two teams lining up in San Jose on Tuesday night. What do you think? I'm just laughing. Yeah, you, you had to throw that shot in at uh, you know Mike Greer and David Quinn. They just seem to. Well, you give up ten goals for the first time in NHL history and back-to-back games since 1965. Uh, like that's that just becomes. Oh, fair. it's fair. Yeah. It's fair. I'm not saying it's not fair. I just, man, I wouldn't want to be walking into that dressing room right now. Well, they apparently got an earful from Mike Greer on Monday. So he's saying everyone needs to be better. The whole thing, the Sharks had a team meeting and Mike Greer apparently uh, let everyone have it after a really embarrassing pair of performances. Colby, that brings us to garbage time. And you wanted to highlight an anniversary 55 years to the day since what? Well, look, I'm just excited that you gave me garbage time today. Mm -hmm. Usually you like to hog this segment all to yourself. So uh, yeah, we're going to go stick taps, Frank. I'm going to take a page out of your book and give a little bit of love to Red Berenson. How about 55 years ago, scored six goals against uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. And I'll tell you, Red's 83 years old now. And I've heard from some of the players at Michigan, uh, he could still lace them up and he could still skate. I, I remember being recruited to Michigan, sitting at Red Berenson's office as a 15, 16-year-old hockey player. And my dad was telling me about Uh, when he scored six goals against the Flyers in his professional career. He's quite an intense guy, but a Hockey Hall of Famer, uh, a lifer to the game of hockey, a great ambassador. He's built an incredible program at Michigan. I know he's still around. I know he still, every now and again, gets in the coach's ears uh, of the University of Michigan, was one of our biggest rivals in college. Anytime you see that maize and blue and you, you suit up at Yost Arena, which is basically the house that he built, Uh, It's really impressive. So good for him. Good to see him still doing well. Uh, He's still in shape. He's still a healthy guy. So like I said, I'll take a page out of your book and and go stick taps to Red Berenson. Six goals in a game ties the NHL's modern day record. Daryl Sittler, of course, did it eight years later with the Toronto Maple Leafs in his 10 point game in 1976. But 55 years ago today, Red Berenson's six goals. The NHL all-time record, if you were curious, is seven, held by Joe Malone, one of the best early-era NHL players. So uh, with that, got to remind you about our Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor Pool. If you were in the game on Monday and you woke up this morning and you looked at our site, we had a little bit of a data glitch. So this has now been corrected. So if you were correct in your day one pick, you can now go back in on day two and make a selection to keep going in our daily face-off survivor pool. I'm riding on Travis Konechny, who's been ultra hot to start the year. I've got him scoring a goal, at least one goal tonight, for the Flyers against those San Jose Sharks. But keep it going in our Wendy's daily face-off survivor pool. Uh, It's been a lot of fun so far. The second week of the game, you can play for season-long prizes in addition to free 
meals at Wendy's. There's nothing worse than your pick being ice cold or your burger being ice cold. That's why Wendy's is offering prizes all season long with our Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor Pool. So while you obsess over your picks, reward that dedication with Wendy's new obsession, the very real barbecue bacon cheeseburger freshly added to the Wendy's lineup. Enjoy the applewood smoked bacon and crispy onions as cheese melts over the fresh, never-frozen Canadian beef. Sign up for the Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor Pool today at dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com. Colby, that'll do it for today's edition of Daily Face-Off Live. Thanks for riding as my wingman today. We'll be back 12 noon Eastern on Wednesday. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Face-Off Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.